Super Yacht Radio. And welcome to Update USSA. Did I get the right amount of S's in there? I think I did. You did! <laughs> Update USSSSA. Throw an extra one in there. Lots of S's is it's a happy sort of S sort of day. Happy, happy post-Easter. And we have yes. the beautiful, the enigmatic, the wonderful James James. I mean Kitty McGowan. <laughs> Well, her. James is pretty pretty too. So he is, and I'm, I'm excited to speak with him, uh, James. James, yes. a chandelier extraordinaire. Uh, we're going to get down and dirty about all things chandelier. Yeah. yeah, and before we get started, though, I want to say um, to our friends from the UK and the Commonwealth, uh, condolences and thoughts on the death of uh, yes. Her Majesty's uh, consort of for many many years, Prince Philip. Um, boy, he didn't get cheated, but he was only just months or short time away from his 100th birthday. I but God it, bless him. He had good you know, innings. I mean, 99 is... I, but, you know, you've got to feel yeah. for the Queen because they really... They've had so many decades together that um, y- you got to just... I, I, you could see it coming, but Absolutely. wow, what yeah. a blow. Yeah, yeah, so I just wanted to sound out to all of our friends in the Commonwealth and in the UK um, from the United States, our, our deepest condolences and uh, good blessings on you all um, today. One of the things about hitting 100, if you're a, a, a UK citizen, is when you hit 100, traditionally you get a letter from the Queen. So I was just wondering, would he have gotten a letter from her or would she just roll over and say, good morning, happy birthday? Uh, yeah, you, know, maybe you say it's, happy birthday, you old fart. Yeah, it's a posted in the bathtub or something. Um, exactly. But, uh, yeah, he, no, had, but he had great innings, and yep. you know he was um, he was a consort, but he was very he was a powerhouse behind the royal family. Oh, without a doubt, and, and drove a lot of changes and modernizing. He actually one of his worries with the royal family was that they'd become um, you know archaic. And just kind of fade out. They had to move with the times. So he's very instrumental in in pushing them into the 21st century. And um, if you've watched The Queen, you got a lot of interesting aspects of, of his his uh, royal in, highness, including the the TV show, the the crown as well. I mean, they really they've managed to get a past yeah. five years. They've had so many series going about them. They must kind yeah. of go on to yeah. telling her, oh, my God, no, not another one. There's a spoof one as well I discovered last night called oh, The Windsors. Awful. Awful. It, oh, it's very much British humour, um, but it's awful. actually quite quite funny. You lasted, what, about Yeah, a little snippet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, a ah. bit of a, I'm a bit of the, you know, historical drama. They work for me, but... Uh, but of course, yeah, me too. You know, the media wasn't uh, too long in, in speculating whether Harry will be coming over for it, and what, what a what a cold day that will be for them. Um, you know, it's like, yeah, I could care less about that whole story. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to feed any more into, more that, oxygen into that fire. I, to me, it's like, the, the royal family has deserves respect and they've done a lot and the longest ruling monarch ever yeah. and you know i mean to me at this point that's that's a milestone so uh so let's get back to having some fun let's talk to james james hello james james <laughs> james james one of my dear friends for many years and i um, mean he is like my my go-to guy over decades and it's like when when i need something when you need someone to make it happen James, James is the guy. It's always and good you to have go, a chandelier. So I know, James, everybody has to ask you, is that your real name? <laughs> Unfortunately or fortunately, yes. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'd love to do is introduce you to a, a kind of relative of ours. My cousin. Brian O'Brien. Wouldn't it be great if we got them together, be Brian O'Brien and James? Yeah, look, we shouldn't go there. This is not fair. Yeah. Well, then James also kept on the family family history and named his children the same. No. Jays. Yeah, they got a bunch of J's in my kids' names. That's for like sure. Jamie James. and <laughs> <laughs> I, Yes, so he's kept it on uh, going. Well, at so. least we know your parents had a lot of imagination. Yes. Or, or, or lack of imagination. It's a little redundant, but either way. <laughs> I, I was being kind because we're on live radio. <laughs> it's, it's what we do here at Super Yacht Radio. <laughs> but, I mean, so the cool thing for everybody in the yachting industry, I mean, uh, we've all spent time in it in different aspects. 
And we know the kind of customer service that we provide our guests and what we provide our owners, et cetera. But taking care of yacht crew and yachts is its own challenge alive. So how do you take care of the taking care of people? So, mm-hmm. so James, tell me, I mean, what's, has anything changed in the last year on how you guys communicate and, and how you're working with the yachts and, and providing that same level of service that you guys are so, you know, so known for? Well, great question. Uh, I've, uh, we've been doing this for 30 years, and I joined the company about 12 years ago with my partner, Tim McMillan, who founded the company. And our tagline is anything, anytime, anywhere. And, like and that's what we do. There you go. <laughs> and we we have uh, proven that, you know, flying parts all over the world with people and whatever's needed. But COVID's really you know, proven to be a challenge when you're trying to hop on a plane and fly apart somewhere or even for crew coming and going to the U.S. So as the rules change fast, it was a lot more work, I got to admit, to to try to get done the normal things that we figured out how to pull off over 30 years. So it's a lot more research and, and figuring out, can the crew come in? You know, where can they get tested? Now they're going to the Bahamas. Now they need parts somewhere else. And even flying into other countries with those parts, every one of those countries had different rules. So it was it was complicated, that, uh, to say the least. <laughs> and I bet you had your share of nasal swab tests over the last year. <laughs> and then some. Yeah, and then yeah. some, you know, I mean. And then also just having your own normal safety protocols slows you down. Everybody wearing masks and sanitizing stuff. And so it, it was it was difficult. But uh, but I got to say, I'm very thankful that my team has done an awesome job and that the industry itself has been busy because we could have been not so lucky in an industry that didn't have that benefit. And we ended up OK. I mean, because there's a lot of sectors in, out there that have had really bad years, hospitality, mm-hmm. the restaurant industries, some of the pub industries. Yeah. So, I mean, our, our industry has truly been blessed uh, because there's not a better way to socially distance or escape than on a boat or a yacht. But right. uh, some of your yacht crew got um, kind of captured on boats. So, um, I mean, one of the things that you guys have been really very famous for is how to entertain crew and some of the cool toys and things that you've rolled out over the years. Uh, has there been any sort of cool or fun new things that have come out in the last couple of years that yacht crew really dig? Well, for, for us, we're, we're always trying to uh, network with our customers in, and now with the COVID issue in a, in a, in a COVID safe way, but also still bring forward all these new uh, toys or new, you know, new, like like we recently had uh, at Rybovich, I think uh, last week, we had a floral arrangement and it was just a group of eight chief stews together doing floral. And um, and we did a wakeboard event where we only took the, the crew off of the boat. So it was covid safe and each one of those crew could go out and test the new ski nautique electric wakeboard boat along with oh, the cool. big diesel powered. Yeah, it was, it was awesome. So the entertainment side has changed because it's been more boutique, um, but it hasn't been a bad thing. Um, and, and for toys and stuff, you know, yeah, there's a handful of really cool things out there, but I ha- I also have to admit between logistics and shipping and production for some of these people, it's been a little difficult sometimes getting the normal products as fast as we're used to. Well, now, especially there's a a shortage of pilots (laughs) right? and shipping containers. You know, now you can't get stuff shipped because there's not a container to put it in. (laughs) Right. And, and we ship to, you know, our main business is shipping to yachts all over the world where they move, but even local stuff when, uh, you know, when the when the normal freight rates slow down, the freight cost goes up. And that's frustrating, too, because when you quote somebody and say, oh, that's going to cost two thousand dollars and you turn around and it costs three thousand dollars. Everybody's wondering why we don't control that. But it is a little frustrating, you know, when you're trying to budget and plan even our whole Caribbean uh, season this year was extremely difficult with the uh, airplanes, uh, the ocean, not so much, but definitely the air carriers were canceling every other day. And you got provisions orders going down for a charter and 
they cancel the airplane and you're having to figure out what's next. How do I get this stuff to them in an affordable manner? And did you also see a change, James? And I mean, presumably there was a demand for things that you two years ago wouldn't have been thinking. Did you see a change in demand of, of what was required for super yachts? Hand sanitizers. <laughs> I mean, yeah, hand sanitizers right. and PPE is what kind of jumps out more. But, you know, sure. uh, like everything, it, there was a whole nother level of sterilization, of protection, of everything else, which I presume probably came your way as well, being, you know, providing... Because to be honest, when I first saw Yacht Chandler, I'm thinking bits and bobs, nuts and bolts and, you right. know, bits and bobs. And as you're talking, I'm like, oh, much bigger menu of options yeah. from you. Yeah. Yeah. Let me let me explain to you, I guess, maybe our business a little bit and then how it's changed. So we have different departments. Um, we have a person that just focuses on beverage and liquor. We have a person or people that just do interior. Same in provisions. We have a whole team that just deals with the chef. Same with deck and engineering and water sports. So our normal service and supply around those departments, when the boat gets locked down at the dock, when they're trying to be COVID safe, or even when normally, let's say the chef would go out and buy crew food, they just go to the supermarket and stock up for the crew. When they're trying to stay safe, they say, we want to order all that stuff from you. So in many instances, our service business went up. But the part that was quite complicated, and this is a minor issue, but I'll just explain to you, is the opportunity for the crew that buy their own things, they shop on Amazon like crazy. So they end up just ordering stuff and it comes into us three, 400 packages a day. And you're trying to sort out what goes where, what's being stored, what needs to be delivered, what's hazardous, you can't ship air. That part really gets complicated. The service demands changed a lot when they just started ordering a lot more of their own stuff. And we having the infrastructure to facilitate that is a little difficult because it's a lot of parts coming at once. So you're like a <laughs> and coming from a lot Amazon. of different places and stuff. I just know by my own uh, Amazon habits <laughs> yeah. is that uh, yeah, my UPS driver has my cell phone. He says I got a big. I got a big load for you here before a boat show, you know, right. so I can only imagine we have all, when you have all these yachts worldwide and crew on each of them sending their own stuff to you. That's got to make your life really challenging. So, yes, I mean, but but on that side, though, the good news is a lot of people consider us experts in the category. So we did get ahead of the curve a little bit with PPE gear where. You know, we already order a lot of masks and we already order a lot of gloves. Uh, the hand sanitizer was a different level, but mm -hmm. we also sell a lot of cool equipment. Like there's a brand called Aeroside, which is an air purification system that, that kills all viruses. And we were using it before this because it also extends the life of produce. You can put it in a walk-in fridge. So it was developed a long time ago. But it, they, their byproduct is that it helps kill viruses. So we've been very fortunate to be able to go out and communicate that and and convince our customers where to upgrade, you know, their systems to protect them. That's cool. I didn't know that about mm. produce mm. and things with walk-ins. That's cool. And is that something yeah. that you could put in the salon or something like that to keep the interior of the boat a bit more sterile? Correct. So, like, I'll give you a little commercial on it and make it fast. But they... This company developed was challenged by NASA uh, to develop something that would extract the gases out of the air so that they could grow plants in outer space. So on the mission to Mars, they wanted to be able to have a self-sustaining plant growing uh, process. So they then created this technology, which is called, long word, photocatalytic oxidation. So they call it PCO technology. And that technology extends the life of produce so we put it in walk-in coolers when they order produce and the chef is traveling around the world they'll be able to get two three more weeks out of the produce that they couldn't get before so that's what we've been doing for the last 10 years but the byproduct that this air purification system they found polishes the air and it kills all of these swine flu and you know coronavirus and so they've now taken some other units and they'll cover about a Anywhere, depending upon the size of the unit, a 600 square feet to 2,000 square foot area 
It's 110 or 220, doesn't matter, plug it in. It's anywhere from 600 to $2,000. It draws like two amps, so it doesn't take a lot of power. And it's not loud. And so we're selling a lot of those because they can stick one in the salon or one in the crew mess. And yeah, it helps keep the boat clean. Clever. That's cool. Wow, another another great thing from NASA. See, that's where WD, <laughs> that's where WD forty came from. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> did you know that, Kitty? I, I did not. One of the worst things NASA. Hey, I always learn something new on well, these shows every week. Cool. NASA got this company to develop it. It's called WD forty Water Displacement Experiment Forty, and they wanted a super lubricant. And these guys developed it, and they said, well, you know, you own the, 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 the intellectual property here. And they went, no, you keep that. Just keep making it for us. And Holy it, cow! It, it was the worst financial decision NASA ever made. They, they gave away. <laughs> they, they, could, they could have paid for another yeah, expedition to Mars. So, yeah. that, thank you, NASA. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, so, but, so uh, that's really, really fascinating, uh, James. And then I mean, in terms of that, have you seen a trend in uh, tastes, like kind of like what Maeve was saying, and that what crew are looking for that maybe has changed over the last couple of years? I mean, is there something that like that that now that you've never seen before that now all of a sudden everybody has to have this? Or I mean, like we had a, a speaker on a couple of weeks ago from the spirits side and was talking about this this global tequila shortage that yes. I didn't know existed. Um, and, uh, I mean, are you seeing any kind of cool, interesting trends where now you never really heard, you never really got a lot of requests for those before, but now you do? Well, I can't really say the only thing that I'd say that is a little bit different is, um, there's a lot of water sports rentals going on. And so as an example, normally we'll sell a sea bob or two to a boat and they'll have it. Now there's a lot of boats being chartered and they're chartering a lot more toys. They're asking for the the lift uh foil boards or they're asking for inflatable pools or trampolines or renting sea bobs that's always been out there but it seems like it's happening more and more and i think in our area it's happening a lot more because the bahamas is just going crazy right now with charters so i think the benefit to us here in the south florida has been that the bahamas is a great place it's close in, and and the charter market is up significantly. So we've seen a lot more charters here, even more so than in the Caribbean, I think. Yeah. What's in terms of – go ahead. So I was going to ask, what's the advantage to the boat to rent in opposed to just buying? I think space and variety maybe. Well, and doesn't yeah, that I, stuff change? I mean, it changes over years. Hmm. I mean, James, I remember when you first came out with those – I think we were in St. Martin and you had those water shoes, those oh, the water shoes the, before flyboard. the flyboard because it was before the flyboard. So when you had the, 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 like the suit, like the James Bond suit. And then that, then was, you the, had, that was the jet lab, Kitty. The, the jet, jet lab. That's yeah. it. I mean, I'm right. going back for a while now. I'm going back about 10 years, but, yeah. and then they got onto the flyboards and, and James is quite the athlete. I've seen him do some really crazy <laughs> stuff on those, on those water boards and things. Uh, but I mean, I, I would imagine that as technology changes, I mean, like, shoot, every time you turn around, they're coming out with a new cell phone that's better, faster, cooler, neater bells and whistles. So I guess renting might be kind of an interesting, an interesting thing. Well, I think that it, there's, it's hard with a lot of this technology is, I don't want to call it new James Bond technology, but you, you have a, 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 a customer or a vendor that's building a unique product that doesn't have the reliability yet most of the time like if you look at jet skis today they're very reliable you know they got a long history of handing standard parts and but when you build a, a jet powered surfboard an electric jet powered surfboard or you build something like this there's a lot of little parts and, and intricacies to keeping the thing running right and that's the part that's a little difficult because you're going to be on the boat for a week during a charter and you expect to play with this toy. And now you go to play with the toy and it doesn't work. So and that's matured. the part that's frustrating. They haven't matured. Yet. Yeah. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah. And that also must add a lot of extra stress to the deck crew and the deck team. So, and as all those technologies changes to learn how to, how to fix them and how to work with them. And if you have it and it's just broken, you just say, here, take your back and get me a new one. Right. Well, it's, it's also, it's also choosing the right vendors to work with and the right support partners. I mean, the thing that, that a, a vendor like, like Yacht Chandlers will do, and there's several other vendors out there like that. You know, we have to sell stuff and service the client at a fair price, but the the support has to be there. When they when they call and say the ECU's not working or the trigger's not working or the propulsion's not working, you got to be dealing with a vendor and a company that can back you up and solve the problem quick because that's what they need. And so we've moved away from some other decent they're decent products, but they're not mature enough to your point where we have the confidence and the reliability or the customer service support to be able to fix the problem quickly. Yeah, no, we know how it works. Um, the boss shouts at the captain, he shouts louder to the, the next guy down, and by the time it gets to you, it's it's really a lot of screaming going on. Yeah, you know what <laughs> rolls downhill. <laughs> yeah. So, so I'll give you I'll give you I'll give you an example of that for for a minute. And, and when you ask about how things work in our world, I mean sometimes we're in reality, but you know in our world sometimes we're not in reality. And I had a guy buy two gas powered. There's nothing real about the super yacht world. (laughs) Yeah, I had a customer buy two gas powered uh, jet surfboards in the early stages. He went to go ride them. Both of them wouldn't start because they flooded them and sunk them because you're not supposed to lay on them, but they did, whatever. And uh, the boss called me directly with the captain, and they were in the middle of the ocean, and they chucked them overboard. And, and at that time, they were about $17,000 each, you know, so and wow. the point is that that's our client. Our client doesn't tolerate, you know, they don't have the patience for something that's not mechanically right. So sometimes I'll go to sell something and I'll tell them, hey, you know, this thing only does 30 knots or you got to have an engineer that really is technical that will pay attention to this stuff. So I'm sometimes talking them out of it because I don't want the headache of the unreliability. <laughs> well, and then that comes back to you, and then they're thinking, "Well, James, you sold me this thing, and this piece of garbage doesn't work." <laughs> right, right. And I, I had a customer on board, and they don't, they wanted to do that, and now they're disappointed. I, I remember right. the first boat I ever worked on. The the owner new boat was so sick of the satellite system that he wanted the captain to unscrew the satellite dishes, the domes on top. <laughs> throw them overboard with the other <laughs> computer equipment and call and call the, the, the customs and, and the, the marine people to tell them we're about to pollute the ocean so you can find me, but I want to throw yeah. these off my boat. That was his level of frustration that he yeah. was quite happy to pay the fine just for the pleasure of throwing this over right. the boat. But we ended up fixing this stuff and he kept it on board, so it was okay. But oh I, my gosh. Right on. I no, feel, that's I feel crazy. Pain on that one. But you, you're not just a chandlery then. So you, you're doing a lot more. You're doing uh, provisioning, and and what's the scope of your chandlery? Because it's chandlers. Ch- I can't say the word chandlers. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's meant to be a verb. <laughs> I think it's I'm just verbi- a noun. <laughs> I'm verbifying it. Um, it's, it's normally a you know a scope of operations. But you sound like you do a lot more. But it, we have a few different locations and it depends on where. So like as an example, um, in our main office here in Fort Lauderdale, we do a lot more because we have the resources and the staff to facilitate it. So, yeah, we supply deck and engineering and water toys and interior and uh, provisions. But we run around helping them do whatever they need help with. And we also have a store at Lauderdale Marine Center. And that store is more like a yard store with just fasteners, nuts and bolts and paint and, you know, service items like that. Um, and then we have an office in Antibes, France, with uh, our employees there. And we do a lot of interior there, disproportionate to our other locations. And it's just based on the staff that we have. And I guess maybe their passion for whatever department they're in. And that seems to take the lead sometimes. We don't really... I don't want to say we're a little more organic, but we try to pick the right clients that want the right service with the right department. And sometimes we don't get all the departments. Sometimes we're just doing food or we're just doing engineering. 
Um, and it really depends on the relationship and the service needs. You know, as long as we have a good partnership and communication, things go well. But the minute you don't, it's like uh, you're pushing a rock uphill. So we try to not work. We try to not do that too much. <laughs> it's like any relationship, really. <laughs> Although I, I have to say, interesting. I mean, because I interesting to have different bases as well. You know, between Fort Lauderdale and, and Antibes, um, mm. I would imagine very different platforms as well from the very nature of it. 100%. So like as an example, we also have um, a full-time person in Holland that runs our new build division in Holland and Germany. What she does over there is completely different, right? Running around between the boat yards and working on new build projects, which have sometimes years of planning and organization. Um, our office in Antibes, funny enough, we actually have two offices there. We have one that's only interiors, which is across the street from our main office. And... Um, but, but they are really different. They are really different. Uh, we do a lot of rental cars in Fort Lauderdale because rental the crew car. really needed service. Yeah. I didn't and, know that. And the, That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and the, the, reason, the reason that is, is we're always looking to save the crew and the boss money and provide a better service. And what we found was every time they're going to rent a car, of course, there's lots of crew. They want to add drivers. So they'll go, oh, we need to add five drivers. Well, they charge you $5 a day times five people, right? And then- you add the insurance and all the other stuff, and it ends up being quite expensive. So we have a deal with um, a dealership that has rental cars with full coverage, and they don't charge additional driver fees. And they can get good long-term rentals at a better price. So we do that in Fort Lauderdale a lot, but we don't do that in our other locations. Well, that's a really good service. I mean, I mean, ultimately, as we're talking about here, is that while you are yacht chandlers, I mean, you really are in the concierge business for for yachts and for and for the crew because the more that you can make their life easier the, you know the better it is for their owners and their customers as well so right right we we play i mean like as an example here i had a, a customer come in this morning and sometimes they want a yacht agent and here in the u.s they don't use them all the time but I try to hand off business where we're not an expert. We, we can't be an expert at everything. So when they're asking me about the entry requirements or the new COVID restrictions or the cruising permits or all the stuff they want, I, I typically move them to uh, a, another agent that I feel is an expert in the category. I, and I, I, so we don't mess it up. Yeah. Hmm, but We've actually have a number of, of, of very qualified agents that are members of the U.S. Super Yacht Association. Nice. And, right. But I right. think I know Good some day. of the ones that you're, you're passing them over to. So, And that's really important because when we had them on the show uh, a couple months ago, um, it, it's challenging when crew will come to the United States or a boat will come to the United States without the aid of an agent hmm. and get very frustrated with the the rules and regulations here that are different than Europe, but they would never consider going to any of the ports in Europe without the use of an agent. So right. I mean, that that's important because it does really um, it does really change your entire experience in the country. Right, you know, having that person on the ground that knows their way through, you know, through customs and border protection, through Coast Guard and all the rules and regs for your trash and your food and your freezers and all that other stuff that no one ever really thinks about so right i i had i had one not too long ago before covid it was just a new one that i just pops up and every time you turn around you you know what you're doing and then something else pops up they have captain rotation uh in the middle of a large crew and two of the crew had come in and they didn't use a B1, B2. They used a C1, D1. So they had only given that those two crew days. a 30-day U.S. 28 days. And the other crew all had six months. And the other crew had six months. So when they did the captain rotation, the other captain didn't know the other guys came in on their C1, D1, even though they had a B1, B2. And they call me five days after, oh, my gosh, we now have, we've overstayed our visa. And we don't know what to do, you know. And... Who wants to be dealing with that situation, right? Where you got to go to CBP and, and talk about, you know, oh, no. maybe and deporting them. Overstaying you know? is the worst thing possible. <laughs> and of course, now you but, but a complete accident. But that, that is one thing that. Go ahead. I was going to say they couldn't sneak over the wall into Mexico and come back in, could they? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, they yeah. probably could now. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, apparently, the ladder works on it, yeah, so maybe. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. But, no, I mean, but that's can... true, though. I mean, that's it, there's been a lot of confusion and a lot of um, well, years ago, James, I don't know if you, you well, I mean, I'm sure you remember, we used to do the U.S. Super Yacht Association. We were actually formed and created, and this is our 15 year, 15th year anniversary that we'll be celebrating in September as, a, as an organization that's here just to be the voice of the super yacht industry in the United States. We used to go to bring a contingent down to St. Martin in the winter um, and educate the captains and the, and the senior officers about the process of coming into the United States. And, you know, over the years we had kind of done it, we had gone through the gamut and educated enough that they, they figured out their way here. And so now we're, you know, without, you know, because of COVID, um, but we're, we're going to go start to try and do that again, where we can do it virtually and give these captains some some good points and this you know because things have kind of changed i mean it's with a lot of the embassies around the world that have been shut down that has been more challenging to get a you know get a visa at all um and that you know how we're trying to educate them about getting both a c1d and a b1 b2 um and ways about doing that so we have a lot more of that coming up this year as well but uh um, yeah, so it's it's crazy how the world comes around over a period of time, and when you're when you're in it for a long time, it starts to look like like Groundhog Day. So right, well, yeah, I was thinking that last night because I was looking historically, and a hundred years ago they had the Spanish flu, which actually came from Kentucky, and then yesterday I'm reading about this major find in Egypt which is the second, if not possibly even bigger, than the find of Tutankhamun's um, uh, tomb. They found an entire village that people seem to have just got up and walked away from. And wow. I was thinking to myself, wow. oh, that's funny, because exactly 100 years ago, 1922, Howard Carter found that. And, and so the, the, there, actually, there are so many parallels between then and now that, yes, Groundhog Day. <laughs> Gee, I didn't know <laughs> that. Groundhog Did Day. It is Groundhog Day. So, so James, um, you know, one of the things I always like to talk about is like, what was the most bizarre request you've ever gotten? If you can, you know, they have a family program here, so <laughs> yeah, that was legal, I should say. From from my wife or customers? <laughs> well, from, from your customers. We'll be kind of. Because your wife, you. God bless her, she is a saint. Let's talk about my wife. She'll probably hear this. Let's and she'll do that. Tell me. Let's do that. Say that James. <laughs> nice. Wait, your yeah. wife saying, "Can we have more children?" Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh man, that is not funny. Listen, I, now and now that you say that, yeah, last April funny. Fools, Kitty. Last April Fools, she got me. No, okay. No. Oh man, I, for about an hour, and of course, my partner was in on it too. I was like, "You gotta be kidding me!" Anyway, <laughs> I'll, so, have, I'll be I'll be in a in a, in a wheel. Chair, but pushing. <laughs> I'm not doing that. <laughs> no, you know, I, I don't think I don't think it's fair to pick one thing that's an extreme example of, <clears throat> of what we do. About your wife? But, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, I, I do think though that you know when they get in a bind, most of the time the stuff that we do isn't the norm, and it's not even all yachting related. We're problem solvers when the boss or the charter's on. Normally, we try to get everything done before, but I'll tell you one that happened that was unique. The plane was stuck down in the Caribbean when they, they had a hard landing and they blew some gear out on the plane. So the boss couldn't move the plane. Pilot couldn't move. All the mechanics said it couldn't move. And the captain says of the boat, let's call yacht channelers. They probably can figure it out. They figure out all my stuff. So they called us and they needed some airplane parts. And it was on, uh, I think, a Friday at like two o'clock. They said, we can get everything to you by. Yeah, they said, we can get this stuff to you by Tuesday or Wednesday next week. And the boss wanted to leave. So he was going to charter another plane. They called us and we made a couple phone calls and found the parts in New Jersey. And we flew a guy to New Jersey, grabbed the parts that night, packed them up and he carried them down Saturday and flew down and they put it on the plane and the boss flew away Saturday. And. Wow. They're always wondering, how do you get this stuff done? And I said, well, you know, it's not one person. It's a lot of friends. It's a lot of networking. It's a, yeah. And you just dig 
and we're in the logistics business. You know, we and know how to get in the relationship business too. Yeah. And, that, and that's something that you guys really excel at is, yeah. you know, really building those relationships worldwide to be able to, to make that happen and make it look like, yeah, no problem. Right. Yeah, I, airplane parts from New Jersey in a day. I, I'm sorry, James. Can we go back to the April Fool's thing? Because I'm still waiting for that. My wife. Yeah. Right on. So, great, yeah. Great about yeah. the plane. Good to know. But yeah. can we go back to the April Fool's thing? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh man. Well, because he has a, he has he does have a lot of children. Well, so, if, uh, it, if it helps, we can block Fort Lauderdale for the next 15 minutes so we don't broadcast into Fort Lauderdale. <laughs> no. no i prefer i prefer you do part of my job is messing with her as, as the husband that's part of my job <clears throat> so and i know you're very good at that so uh we could do that. a prank call <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it's, no it's no we like but, a lot but, of fun but, but that's i mean that's we awesome do, i mean being able to do something like that i mean and that is relationships and that is so much about what our industry is and through like associations like ussa it's it's being able to foster those relationships with other people that allow us to do what we do in in ways that i mean we we helped get a a, a stewardess um who had been erroneously deported from seattle and mm -hmm. it was me being able to call different people and getting the port director in washington state you know in seattle and and got it re, you know reversed got her expedited for a, a visa and she got back and I got this lovely letter from the captain um, the other day. And I mean, it's just, but that's, but that's relationships and that's right. the power uh, and of it's, that. It's, it's, it says a lot when the captain, you know, it's an airplane problem. It says a lot when the captain goes, oh, we should phone uh, James and the Chantry and see if they can sort it out. <laughs> Unless of course, before that they'd gone, well, let's try the hairdresser. <laughs> uh, no, that didn't work out. Okay. Who else do we have? But you know, it says a lot that the captain would actually go, oh, we should phone them up and see if they can help out. Because quite frankly, that's the last person I would have thought of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's not something I would have necessarily yeah. thought. But but like you said, James, you know, you're problem solvers. And when you, when you have that relationship that you have with vessels um, to be able to have that trusted person that you can make one phone call to, mm who has a network of people across a range of different, um, as clearly within airline industry and other things that you can just make one phone call and get a hundred calls out there. That's, that's power. And that's, you know, that's the really cool thing about our industry that really is not like a lot of industries. So. Right. And you, we have to take, we have to take our risk. I mean, the, the risk on our side is sometimes we have to operate uh, on a phone call. So when they call and ask you to do something, a lot of other companies are like, is this real or how do I get paid or when, you know, we have to worry about some of that stuff later. We got to solve the problem and get the problem fixed. And, you know, operating on a phone call when a guy says, I want that boat. And I'm like, that's a hundred thousand dollars. They say, okay, you, you move on it. You wire the money, you get the thing and you deliver it. And that thing, if you, if you can't move fast enough, then you're not going to, you're not going to be reliable. Because with all the different time zones we work in, we can't really afford to waste too much time. Yeah. No, that's true. And 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 are you finding that the the mo the movement of crews and stuff into different areas? I mean, like one of the things we've had some guests on over the last couple months is that new areas are opening up, and you know people are moving some to the west and some to the Pacific and other things. Are are you finding any of those trends in what you're dealing with? Yeah, I mean, look, I think I think the Met is going to be a difficult season this year again. I think it's going to be better than last year, but you know, with Italy and France still in a difficult way, mm -hmm. I think Spain's doing pretty good, but people are making a decision: do we go or not go? So a lot of people are still at this point, I think, sticking around here, or they're picking other places to go cruise to. Um, yeah, th Spain those issues to are, bring in are, tourists, and yeah, that can change yeah. that picture very, very quickly. Right. And, and I think I think what I see happening, I mean, uh, is that the boat, it is going to open up. The season's going to be a little different. But what is more complicated is getting the crew in and out of all these areas for a lot of reasons, not just not necessarily just where they're going, but where they reside. 
So even if they take some time off, if they want to go home to Australia, what's the rules? Two weeks quarantine on the way in, you know, every time or they may not let them in. So you're burning up all this time when they're trying to have some holiday time. And that's that's stressing out the families of the crew. You know, it's stressing out the stressing out the crew, too. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think so that that part, I think, is a little difficult emotionally because it's still not over. It's going to be a little while. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. Are, are you guys doing up there? I mean, are you are you doing the testing kits and those types of things with the boats or is that still kind of? Uh, yeah, it's well, here's what we've done. We've coordinated based on what they're looking for, the right places to refer them for support. So there's several two or three medical supply companies out there that are doing a great job of supplying the rapid tests. There's a few labs that are doing a great job of turning around the PCR tests faster. Uh, I think the panic is always, I got to have a, get a PCR test and I need to have it within three days or whatever the rules are for wherever they're going. Mm-hmm. So it they want to like 72 it, hours and they want to take it at the last minute. But some of these people are getting results between 12 hours and 36 hours. So sometimes they'll say, oh, you get results in 12 hours. They expect that. And it doesn't happen. So then they're panicking for the next 24 hours trying to get the results so that they could submit to the country. You know, what profit do we make on that? Nothing. Just a lot of worry and a lot of phone calls. So that part sometimes is. But we found some really reliable uh, resource partners that are out there that are now turning this stuff around pretty good. Yeah, I heard of one guy who was uh, I think was on his way into Italy and he was waiting for his PCR. It was meant to be there. He spent something like a day and a half, you know, is caught in that 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 uh, no man's land between getting off the plane yeah. and getting through passport, just sitting there waiting for the PDF to be emailed to him to say, look, I'm clear. And it was oh no, ten hours, it'll be twelve hours. It turned out it was like two days. Um, yeah. So it is. It's, it's very precarious for a lot of you people. Like, like hope, you know, biting your nails, waiting to yeah, see if you're you going to be able to go. And you're you're relying on I that. Have, By I, the time you hit passport control, you've got that document. And if 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 you're going on that premise and it doesn't come, you're kind of stuck. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I, yeah, like you said, I think that we're going to be in this through a good part of this year as well. Well, it was just kind of you know the, the med season is questionable. It it's definitely picked up um, from reports, you know, July and August were a lot better than, you know, but it wasn't a long season. It was quite a short one. What's your take on how the, because you must furnish a lot for the Caribbean season. How did, how did that go? What's your kind of perspective on that? It was good. Yeah, it was good. Great. I, I wouldn't, I don't know about great, but it was good. It's now, still complicated. Was it, is it, up of uh, us and bbi or was it further further south like st martin and down in antigua area yeah it was it was all the above we i mean it really was i mean i'm not saying it was the same because it was still difficult you know st martin would change its rules every other time and mm-hmm. you know i mean and, and rightly so the country puts the rules in place and then sometimes between the nationality of the captain or crew change or starting uh, uh, or stopping a charter that's just more complexity but i do think are they is everybody down there fairly happy because the season was okay and not shut off? Yes, that's my opinion. I think I think it wasn't, you know, it wasn't terrible. What I think is going to be really big is I think again the Bahamas mm-hmm. for, for as is just getting busier and busier right now because of the uh, you know, it's close to home, it's not too far, the rules are pretty clear and they're, they're, um, really you can have a lot got, of good private cruises. Gotten their act together in the Bahamas in, in a pretty quick way. And they're, you know, with the testing, they've been pretty consistent after they had a kind of a rocky start yeah. with it. But but also, and I'm going to bring them on for a group here, Bermuda just announced at, during the Palm Beach International Boat Show a, uh, a memorandum, memorandum of understanding with Fort Lauderdale. They've just re- recreated all of their cruising and charter laws in Bermuda to make it where it's not ever really been considered a yachting destination. It's been more of a fishing and golf and that type of thing. But for boats that are looking for someplace different, that's that's clean, that's safe, that's that's not that far, 
and it's it is open for business and f- as private owners or if you wanted to charter it's very accessible now and uh, we'll have that stuff up on our ussuperyacht.com website with all the rules there but that's another potential place as well I'm- and as well as costa rica they just their president just signed into law a brand new charter uh law that has never existed in costa rica so now yachts can go down there and stay for a year um, wow, paying wow. very very little in charter fees and it's costa rica spectacular so fraser were very busy in trying to push that through as well with yep. the, the marine association but, uh, yeah, we we work a lot with that Marina Association in Costa Rica and have a number of their their companies as members. So yeah, we've been you know kind of helping you know steer some of the stuff on our side as well. So um, and Washington State um, is doing some new stuff. They have a bill that's almost finished, and I don't want to jinx them. That's going to open Washington State to charter that they've never had available either. So. With the Canadian border being closed, it'll be nice to have some different destinations that people are looking for, unique and different destinations that are beautiful and accessible, um, both to crew and you know for provisioning, etc. So, any idea when that border is going to open up? It's been closed for uh, not anytime now? soon. No. Not, not as far as I know at this point. Not pro- not before midsummer for mm. sure, which is really unfortunate, but. We're trying to do some workarounds to for we did last year for the inside passage um, to transit uh, through Canadian waters to go to Alaska, especially with the cruise line industry still being shut down. Uh, there's a lot more infrastructure available up there for super yachts that didn't normally exist because the commercial docks were taken up by cruise ships. So there's a lot of opportunity in Alaska, and they had a they had a really good season last year. Um, with private cruising and charter as well, so um, no, I think we'll, I think we'll get that done pretty quickly here shortly, and uh, so that should be very accessible as well. But yeah, and we're looking at uh, the Mets trade um, since USSA. Right. We haven't been able to go to Europe either. Um, <laughs> we're we just got word that they if they're able to produce a show in person, that we'll be having our pavilion there as well. Hey. So I'm looking forward to having some sort of normal outside of the and united states i'm having jones i'm jonesing for europe <laughs> yeah actually i went with jane my very first trip to monaco um working with ussa i was with your team there in in monaco right. so that that's was like right. 10 years ago so that's right but I've uh, been yeah so we all look i think we're all longing for some sort of normal yeah mm. i've been pretty fortunate last even with the lockdown i i i did travel in and out of europe a lot not a lot, but quite a bit in the last uh, couple years. Different rules have changed and come up, but a couple times it was quite funny. You want to talk about my wife some more. My wife's Danish, so all my kids have uh, Danish passports, and I-, I was like, you know, all the other foreigners or let's call it crew that come to the U.S. that are always nervous about getting in. The only way I got into Germany and Holland was going through Denmark, and. I had to go in with my wife and they wanted our marriage certificate. And why are you bringing really? this American? And man, it was a little complicated, but they let me in. And now that was you know what it's like, James. Now you can taste your I own sweetheart. Yeah, huh? I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> but, no, but it's great to have, you know, James and, and the team at Yacht Chandler's, you know, as a, a very strong supportive member of U.S. Super Yacht Association. And they're great representatives of, of, problem solving and, and taking care of our industry and uh, we can't you know we can't operate without it and having good relationships has really made a difference in our world so you know we're really thankful to you guys and the whole team at Yacht Chandlers for uh, keeping things rolling during this crazy year do you have any uh, any hopes for this year are you looking for things to change for you guys in 21 you know I'm I'm excited. I'm excited about the industry in general. I think that there's a lot of new builds out there. And I think there's a lot of refit facilities that are starting to step up and service them better in multiple areas. And I think it's been a lesson. This this COVID thing has been a wake up call for a lot of people on how to run their business or pay attention and service better. And again, I'm just very grateful. I think U.S. Super Yacht Association and um, also the Super Yacht Radio, I think this it's all good information to share with everybody about about how to support our industry and how to um, 
come up with new ways to continue to make it more accessible for people to participate. Because if you don't, they're going to choose something else to do. And that, that's our business. And so we're, we're, we're just trying to continue to serve them well. And hopefully they keep coming back for more charters and getting into yachting. No. Yes, because yeah. we know the economic impact of that of that industry of our industry is significant. So we mm. want to be able to keep owners happy, keep captains happy, and let's keep the keep the industry strong and um, get new people into crew because it's a great career path. Yeah, and and, and, and we're all still here. This has been great training. If you think about it, people have, around the world have been on lockdown. Now they yeah. know what it's like to be crew. <laughs> you know, to to be you know, <laughs> stuck in one yeah. place, not being able to, you know, and if you, and if you can do lockdown and come out smiling, you could shoot, you could consider crewing. But, well, you know, and, exactly. and it's not, but I think it's important. Yeah, it's exactly. important to say, all joking aside, it's important to say. I think that a lot of young people that they're seeing below decks and and shows like that, which is great. It's it's increasing awareness, but there's such a focus on young people going into the crew section. But there's so much more in the industry, be it chandry, be it shipbuilding, be it architecture. You know, there's so many different industries. I was going to say, in the trades. Yeah. You know, just I, in the trade side, you know what I mean? Of, the diversity of, of, even the diversity of guests that we've had no. with you, Kitty, over the past year, you know, mm -hmm. I have learned so much from, from all different aspects that, you don't even consider when you first look at the industry, you think boats and people, but actually, you know, if yep. you expand it out to something for provisioners, everybody. to marinas and everything else, it, it's really big. If your thing is arranging flowers. And it takes flowers. a certain kind of person to do what they do at Yacht Chandlers. That's not for everybody. No. I mean, it, is, it, <laughs> it, takes, it takes some, some metal. And, up your game. And, yeah, and you have to be a good ricochet rabbit because God knows his phone is always his all, the phone is always going. I'm I'm happy we had you for an hour because that's a rare minute <laughs> with James James. Well, it's uh, simple uh, if you want to do cooking, so long as you can be a Michelin you know, grade chef, there's a place right. in, in the yachting, and it's the same throughout because it's a seven yeah, right. star industry. Um, you got to really up your game, but it's it, it's a wide industry. So if you're thinking about it. Yeah, there's a lot out there you can do, not just crewing. Yep. Absolutely. James, Absolutely. James, it has been a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have hit the top of the hour. Um, oh, glad yes. we caught you for the hour um, because it sounds like you are a very busy man. You know what? I'm, I'm going to redo our schedule and take the news out of this spot because... We've never actually managed to get to the news. <laughs> no, we're, we're always, always kind of going over uh, like the first the minute of the news. <laughs> but if no, you're listening to the rebroadcast, no you'll get the news. <laughs> yeah, just get and, and I knew James would be good. He he can talk. He can he can talk about anything and you know, whether it's sports or 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 travel or whatever. He's your guy. So, <clears> so we're James, happy to have him. Thanks so much, James. Before we go, how do how do people get in contact with you? Ah, just it, james at yachtchandlers.com or look us up and send us an email. If we can help you or support you or refer you somewhere, we're happy to. And you can also find them at ussuperyacht.com. Of course. And you just go to the directory and search for Yacht Chandlers and they'll be there as well. So uh, you can find them there as well. You'll even find Super Yacht Radio on there. Exactly. Thank you, Kitty. <laughs> Thank you, James. It's been Thank a you so much. Guys. Lovely meeting. Have a great day. And you too, thank it's you awesome. for listening to us here at Update USSA with Kitty McGowan and her guest, James James. James at yachtchandlers.com. And uh, that's it for this week. You're listening to Super Yacht Thanks, Radio. Thanks, guys. You are listening to Super Yacht Radio.